on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. Uh, it's here. Bowl season finally started, or at least it's going to start today, and I could not be more excited. So make sure you stream this game at your cube, wherever you are. Uh, make sure you have this game on, or these games on, no matter where you are. It's bowl season. We're back. Today, we have pick six, first team all decade, National Signing Day update, and we're going to wrap it all up. Uh, with a new segment. This is just us giving uh, you our All-American roster, so we're going to call it the Blue Bloods All-American roster, or at least part of it today. We've got two positions. Um, so today's a pretty big show. Uh, let's go ahead and get it started. So let's go ahead and kick this episode off. Uh, to start out our pick six, or well, I guess it's a pick five. Pick six is catch here. Uh, we have the Military Bowl, which it's presented by uh, Northrop Grumman. Don't know who that is, but it sounds rich. Uh, and in this game, we have UNC and Temple. And UNC is a five-point favorite, uh, even though they went six and six to Temple's eight and four. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't want anyone to let the 6-6 six and six record of North Carolina fool you. This is a really good team. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've seen what Sam Howell can do all season long. Yeah, no doubt, dude. Okay, so they're 6-6. Six and six, And I would say they're probably five plays away from being 10 to 2 or 11-1. and one. That's yeah. how, like, all six of their losses were by single digits. They had two overtime losses and a one-point loss to Clemson. Right, right. Um, I mean, but that's not – I mean, let's not discredit Temple right now. Uh, Temple's look good all season. Um, they handed a loss. Who did they handle a loss to? They handed a loss to either SMU or Memphis um, pretty early well, on. It was, it was Memphis. They, yeah, they handed Memphis their only loss of the season. So, uh, pretty impressive by Temple there. Yeah, no doubt. I'm not discounting Temple at all. I just – I think a lot of people who are picking this game are going to look I, – I, I think they're going to look too hard at the records and just pick this game. And they're like, oh, this is an easy game to pick. But I really think this is the best 6-6 six six team in the country. I think Sam Howell – how many times have I said it on the podcast, Brennan? I mean, he is the best true freshman quarterback in the country. Yeah, you said it, you said it a lot. I, a thousand times, and I I truly, truly believe that, and I, I think he's going to do it again. Uh, I, he is the sole reason why I'm so high on this North Carolina team, and I have North Carolina beating Temple in this game because of Sam Howell. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, I'm actually going to take the exact opposite path here. I'm going to take Temple. Um and it might be because I'm dumb. <laughs> it might be because I look at records, uh, and so that's what happens. Uh, and also, I remember the upset of Memphis. And like I've been saying all season long, if you upset one top 25 team, uh, I'm probably going to think that you're going to upset everybody. And they're the, they're the dogs in this game. So I have to go with Temple. Um, I, I mean, Anthony Russo has been looking pretty decent as well. Not, you know, not as good as Sam Howell, uh, and he's not a true freshman either. But, I mean, 2,700 yards on the year is – I mean, that's pretty good for your quarterback. Uh, I mean, he's got a couple of targets he can he can drop the ball off to. Uh, so, I'd like to see – I mean, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. 
Oh yeah, a, a thousand percent. And I am really, really, actually looking forward to this matchup. I don't, I don't know about you, but I think this is going to be a one of the more underrated matchups of bowl season that some people might. I guess not see coming if they're not real college football fans. This game's in Annapolis, right? In Maryland. Yes. Yeah. No. It's it's a Navy's home stadium. That's weird. Uh yeah. I don't know how I guess I it's the military bowl. That. So like like I said, I thought the military bowl was like reserved for the armed forces or like the like the military academies, but apparently not. Yeah. Apparently if you're a Tar Heel or uh, an owl, is that what Temple is? You can you can get your yep, way. An owl. I mean, are you kidding me? And Shout to make it even Atlanta. worse, yeah, to make it even worse, they put six and six North Carolina in this game when Air Force is also six and six, and they stuck them in another bowl game. So I don't know how this was picked. Yeah, I don't really understand. Um, what I do know is that neither one of these teams have a great defense. Uh, uh, they're both allowing you know almost four hundred yards a game, uh, and that's in the ACC and the AAC. So uh, we'll see how they stack up against each other. I expect a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, what, what's the over/under on this one? It's got to be fifty-three and a half. Yeah, I take, take the over. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty much a lock. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think they hit that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's going to wrap that game up. Let's go ahead and move on to the. And listen, this is one of my favorite bowl games just because of the name. This is the new era pinstripe bowl, and they play this one in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Could not tell you why. Uh, <laughs> it, I don't know. There, there's something about it. You know, I made a big deal out of the soccer stadiums that uh, teams play in over the past couple episodes uh, and how much I hate that. Something about playing inside of a baseball stadium makes it a little bit more gimmicky for me. I know the Raiders do it. Um, so I'm actually I actually kind of like this move. It's a little bit it's it's so ridiculous that I like it. Um. Anyway, we've got uh, Michigan State playing Wake Forest in this one, uh, and I think yeah, Michigan State's a three and a half point favorite in this one. Yep, I have them as a four point favorite now, but uh, I I don't know. Uh, I I really I'm interested. This this game this game intrigues me uh, because you have Michigan State with their what average offense would you give an average of maybe a little bit less than average they're not good not it's not great but they have some pretty good defense i would say it's decent and then you got yeah and then you got wake forest that just has all the offense i would say it is really really good and i don't know what happened to their defense yeah so this is going to be just i don't know it's going to be strange um and i don't know why i'm going to pick michigan state in this one but i am because I've seen Michigan State all year, you know they they were, I think they were projected to do pretty decent this season, and then they just kind of fell over and died. Um, in any case, they're playing Wake Forest, so that's really I think why I'm going with uh, Michigan State in this one. I don't think that I've ever watched a Wake Forest game where they won. I know they're eight and four this season, but uh, that doesn't change my. You can't change my perception on things just by telling me facts. So I'm gonna go with Michigan State. I am actually going to go with Wake Forest in this game. Yeah, I will really, really, I think Michigan State to kind of stick it to that guy who said he was going to tax the uh, players' scholarships earlier this season. That Wake Forest grab. Uh, I'm glad you became uh, an advocate, Brandon. I'm, I'm I am over here protesting, giving up your bowl record. <laughs> uh, but you know, so Michigan State 
you know, in their five toughest in, in their four toughest games against Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Wisconsin, scored a total of twenty seven points. Yeah, not good. No, and Wake Forest is over here averaging thirty two, almost thirty three points per game. I think if Wake Forest gets this game to twenty four to thirty points, they win automatically. Because I don't think Michigan State can score that much. Um. And so I think Wake Forest is just going to outscore them. And I think they're going to have problems with Sage uh, Surratt, uh, the wide receiver, number 14 for Wake Forest. This kid's got over 1,000 yards, over 11 touchdowns. I mean, this kid has been a stud all year. I think he's primed for a big performance against a weaker Michigan State secondary because this defense has a weakness. It is definitely on the back end. Yeah, definitely on the back end. Um Nice. Uh, I feel like at some point, there, at least during the season, at one, for one game or something, uh, Brian Lewerk, Michigan State's quarterback, had a pretty good game. And I can't remember it for the life of me. Um, but I remember seeing his name when I was trying to pick this game. And I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's kind of good. Uh, turns out he's not great. 16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. <laughs> in the year. Uh, he still passed for 2,700 yards, which is pretty good. But he's got – you know that you know what those numbers remind me of. This isn't Jameis Winston. This is uh, Jay Cutler territory. So sixteen uh, oh. touchdowns to twelve interceptions. Tony Romo, whoever you want it to be. Um, so I don't know. I hope he can get it done. That's where I'll leave it. I'm not going to say I think he can get it done, but I sure hope he does. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at the quarterback matchup, I, I think Jamie Newman wins this matchup. Yeah. Every single time, yeah, he right. has tw- he has tw- he has almost twenty seven hundred yards, two more touchdowns, less interceptions, all in less attempts. I, I got to give it to Jamie Newman on this one, and you know if Jamie Newman puts up, uh, it, it, it might even come down to which quarterback turns the ball over less because both these quarterbacks are turnover prone. So I think I, one of the other keys to winning is taking care of the football, which I feel like you know a lot of announcers like to use that as. They're key to every game, but this one, I feel like this. I feel like this is a must here. Yeah, Zach's just fulfilling his life's goal. He's going to be an announcer one day. He's trying to go ahead and make that transformation now. Um, but no, I think Michigan State has the better ground game here. You know, I don't think it's by much, but I think they do have the better ground game. Um, maybe they can get it done. That's, I guess, that's where I'm going to leave this one at. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap up the Pinstripe Bowl as much as we hate to do that. Uh, and move on to the Texas Bowl. (laughs) So the Texas Bowl, Oklahoma State, number 25 Oklahoma State, uh, playing Texas A&M in this one. Uh, This one's also on Friday. All these games so far have been on the uh, Friday after Christmas, so uh, make sure you tune in. Texas A&M's a a seven-point favorite, and good God, I don't know why. Well, uh, Spencer Sanders have a quarterback. No, Spencer Sanders is going to be back. Oh no, no, I didn't know that. Stop. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, Mike Gundy said they're going to play both quarterbacks, uh, the backup and Spencer Sanders. Um, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing or bad thing. Yeah, it's 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 a bad thing. It's at least a halfway bad thing. Um, here's my key <laughs> success for for Oklahoma State. Uh, just give Chuba Hubbard the ball. That's it. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to argue with that one. I mean, you know, the A&M defense is tough up front. I mean, I'll give them that. They're pretty good against the run. So Chuba Hubbard is going to have 
to have a big game because if you put all this on Spencer Sanders, it, this is going to get ugly for Oklahoma State, I think. Yeah, no, this one's going to be out of reach early if if they try to keep the ball in Spencer Sanders' hands. Uh, they have to attack the ground. I, I know that this A&M defense is, has – I mean, they have a pretty good rush defense. Uh, that's the only good thing I can say about Texas A&M this year. But they uh, – I think Chuba Hubbard's a different breed, though. I don't – I mean – Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going know, for 2,000 yards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like – I was going to say they haven't seen a running back like him this season, but that might be because there's not another running back like him in the NCAA, just not one that's put up this many yards. Um, I don't know. They, they have to keep it on the ground, I guess. Um, I, would, Wallace, I would agree. Maybe, maybe give the backup quarterback a shot, give it to Tylen Wallace, and uh, let that I ride. think T- Tyler Wallace is out. Oh, my God. I, well, I, I think he tore I think State. Here, here's, here's where I out myself. I, I've, I've, I thought he tore his ACL. I, th- I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, I remember he got injured. I don't know if he tore his ACL, but I remember he got injured. Um, oh, wait. Nope. I, I think he's good. Uh, is he out for the he's season? Not, or he's, did not, he? he's not listed as out on here. Nah, he, no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, he's he's out. He has surgery. He tore his ACL. That's that's a tough look for me. See, I just I, I just I outed myself there. Uh, anyway, yeah. I'm still going to go with Oklahoma State here. I don't know. I I mean, I think Chuba Hubbard can get it done. I have Texas A&M in this game. Yeah, uh, you know, I, one, I just want to say this. I love this matchup, man. This is throwback to old Big 12 football growing up. You know, A&M hasn't always been in the SEC, but this is just like – I mean, this used, this used to be a big Big 12 game. I love that it's in Texas, too. I'm for, Houston, I'm for this. Almost a home game for A&M. Yep. It's always good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have a question. What's up? Has anyone seen the real Kellen Mond? Yeah, I saw him last year. <laughs> Dog, he has been MIA all season. Rumor has it that LSU fed him to the Tiger in Baton Rouge to end the season. So did. I don't know who the backup is, but I, I'm just joking, guys. Uh, LSU does not feed people to their Tiger. They only feed um, mascots to the tiger. Facts. Um, <laughs> but he needs to have a big game, man. Are you, you can't end the you can't end the season off on this note, man. I mean, it's just been all guy, season long, though. Yeah, I mean, well, he came into the season as a dark horse Hosman contender, and he has played horrible. He just, I don't know. It's and his stats don't match how he's actually playing because his stats, I mean. He looks pretty good on paper. I mean, he's passed for 2,800 yards, 19 touchdowns, and only nine interceptions. But if you've watched him play, you know. You know that he hasn't been that good. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't think that Texas A&M can score. I think that's going to be their main problem. Because Isaiah Spiller might as well just not be in the game. Because he's not going to do anything. I mean, he has – I understand he has almost 900 yards in the season, but it doesn't seem like that either. No. Oh, it does, yeah. Well, okay, so it's different to have good stats and put them up, you know, against, like, Arkansas and stuff like yeah, that. But in, in his biggest games against Clemson, against Alabama, against Auburn, against LSU, horrible. Bad. Real bad. I mean, he, he threw for 300 yards on Auburn, but 200 of them came in the fourth quarter after Auburn had a three-score lead. Yeah, right. I, I, you've got to do more. And I think Kellen Mond's going to bounce back. 
I think the extra time to prepare is good. I think a and going to want to go into next year on a high note, Kellerman's senior year, and I think A&M pulls this one out. I think it's going to be a close one. I don't even know if they cover. I think this is going to come down to the fourth quarter for sure. It probably will. Uh, it's going to be a really close game. It's a seven-point spread. I have Oklahoma State in it, but if I did have Texas A&M, I don't think there's a way in the world they would cover uh, the spread. It's going to be – I think it's going to come down to a field goal, honestly, like a late yep. field goal. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. Uh, uh, this Oh, God, this game was so hard to pick. I don't even know what to say about this it. This game was so hard to pick. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, so – our, our next matchup is going to be uh, in the San Diego County Credit Union, which these sponsors, got to love them. Uh, San Diego Credit, whatever. This is the Holiday Bowl. Everyone knows the Holiday Bowl. Uh, it's USC versus Iowa. And this is going to be one of the better bowl games. Uh, Dude, I had no idea who to pick. <laughs> I literally, I literally like, taking notes for the, for the podcast takes me a little while because I take a lot of notes. Dog, I stared at this game when I finished my notes for at least 45 minutes trying to figure out who to pick. Listen to me when I say this. If I would have told you that USC and Iowa would have been playing in a bowl game against each other this season, what would you – like, before the season started, what would you tell me? Uh, I, I mean, I would – I, I don't I – don't, what does that even mean? I didn't think either of these teams were going to get to the Rose Bowl. No, no. I, well, they're not in the Rose Bowl. I mean, they're in. The, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just talking about that's like. But the Rose Bowl is usually the Big Ten versus. Well, I, so uh, I didn't. I didn't think. You know, I didn't think that the. I didn't think the USC was even going to be bowl eligible under Clay Helton. I really. Oh, I, I figured they'd be bowl eligible. Okay. Well, you're, you're like you're you're a small minority here, Zach. You're smarter than all of us. We get it. Uh, I didn't think they would be. I thought this would be the season they went. They went four and eight, and they fired Clay Helton. Instead, they went eight and four. They're keeping Clay Helton. That's probably one of the worst things you could have done for recruitment, uh, recruiting, and we'll talk about that later. Um, uh, oh God, I, I'm so, I'm so glad because I have a whole thing on that later. Good. Uh, I, I mean, USC is the underdog in this one, which you know, good. Keaton plays better when he's uh, when he's got a chip on his shoulder. So I've got USC in this one. Yeah, I also have USC. Oh, 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 so Nick. close Nick's not gonna to like pick that. it. Nick's not. We can fight tomorrow, Nick. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really think uh, this the, – the hard thing about this picking this game is that these teams could not be any more of polar opposites. Right. You have Iowa, which is just average offense. I mean, we talked about this earlier, but this, like, this episode we covered two games where we had completely opposite teams. One's got a bad offense. The other one's got great. One's got a defense. The other one has no defense. I mean, uh, I mean, I it, Iowa is only allowing 300 yards per game and only 13 points per game. USC is doing the and opposite it, of that. Yeah, USC is letting people score almost 30 points per game and putting up over 400 yards. 400 yards I, that, 35 points that, a game. That's pretty good for USC this year. That is ridiculous, dude. You should never let – in ab- playing in the Pac-12, your average defense should never allow full almost almost 500. You're like, oh, God, that is just nasty. That tastes bad. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, Dude. I mean, it, I mean, you look back through their schedule, you see that Fresno State scored 23 on them. I mean, how do you let that happen? 
I mean, you can go through the list. Like Notre Dame scored 30 on them. Um, I mean, they let Oregon score 56 points on them. UCLA scored 35. It's not good. No, not at all. And, you know, the other reason this game was so hard to pick for me is there's two versions of each of these teams, and it depends on who wants to show up on December 27th in primetime. I mean, will, for USC, will the BYU team show up? Or will the team that played Utah show up? I mean, so those are t- two totally different teams. So, you, so you're, you're putting the team that played Utah as like the market success for USC? Yeah. The game where Keaton Slovis like died? Yeah, but guess what? They smacked Utah, which was yeah. a really good team. Well, Keaton died and was resurrected uh, a week later and just came back and blew all our minds. Yeah, but then at BYU, we threw three interceptions. Dude, out of his nine on the year. I don't care. That BYU should not do that to you. Okay, whatever. Anyway. And then you got uh, and then you got Iowa. Is the Iowa that beat Minnesota going to show up? Or the Iowa versus Mitt that put up three points against Michigan going to show up? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we can only hope the second one. Ah, man. If, well, since I picked USC, I guess, but for, for all, for, for my, for the, for, for my, in my heart, I hope both good versions show up. We have a great team. But, you know, I'm really worried though, because I mean, USC has no run game. Nobody on the team has over 500 yards rushing, and Iowa has a stout run defense. So it's like, ooh, that is not a good look. And then, I mean, if you put it all on Keaton Slovis, is he good enough to pick apart a really solid Iowa defense? Yeah, I mean, you, are you asking me? Him. I, I think so. No, I mean, I, I think so too. That's why I picked him. Because, because Keaton Slovis is up there with Sam Howell, in my opinion. And this isn't me trying to be however I am anymore. This is me being serious. Keaton Slovis is a great true freshman quarterback. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. But uh, just you see, my pick has more to has more to do with my lack of trust in Nate Stanley, the Iowa quarterback, than it does my trust in Keaton. I have what enough trust in that? Keaton that he, that he will be. I have enough trust in Keaton that he'll be better than Nate Stanley on the 27th. Okay. Fair enough. Because USC is going to score. I don't think you're going to shut down this USC offense, and I don't think Nate Stanley can lead Iowa to a to a solid game where they can keep up scoring with this USC team. And you right. know. Iowa doesn't have a strong run game either. So, I mean, Nate Stanley is going to have to play play just like Keaton. They're going to ha- whoever plays the better game is going to win, and that's what it came down to for me is that Keaton Slovis is better than Nate Stanley. So, I'm going with USC. Yeah, you have to. Uh, not only that, I think the key, I think the key to uh, winning this game for USC is just going to be Keaton Slovis being able to get the ball into Michael Pittman's hands. I mean, as long as he can do that, he's going to tear it up. They have to tear it up. <laughs> no no doubt i'm just i think this is gonna be a really good game though i think the esp of football power index gives usc a 50.2 percent chance to win and iowa a 49.8 so I, I feel like i'm not the only one struggling with this pick but <laughs> it never fails to pick the better quarterback and your boy keaton is gonna pull through for us hopefully keaton's gonna eat all right so to wrap up our pick six uh we have our final bowl matchup and this one may be my favorite bowl name um, ever. We've got the Cheez-It Bowl, which, great name. Uh, 
We've got Air Force. I, I love how uh, I love how all the other bowls just had the sponsor than like an actual name of the bowl. But these guys were like, you know what? You can have the whole bowl. You yeah, could just have the Cheez It Bowl. The Cheez It Bowl. Where's the Cheez It Bowl at? Uh, of Phoenix, Phoenix, right? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's <laughs> that that has nothing has ever made more sense to me. The Cheez It Bowl in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, let me ask you this before we get started: How are these two teams playing each other in a bowl? We've got ten and two Air Force. That's what I was saying. Washington State. Like you see, this is what I was talking about. Why don't you put ten and two Air Force against an eight and four Temple team in the Military Bowl, and then have Washington State versus North Carolina six and six teams in this bowl? Would have been a good matchup. Both of those would have been good matchups, but instead, I think we've got lopsided matchups, and that's. I think I'm going to go with Air Force in this one. I'm going with Air Force a zillion percent. Air Force is the favorite, which you know, honestly, they're only a three point favorite. Couldn't tell you why, um, but they're uh, they are the favorite here. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about this game. It, it, if you've you wanna, watched Air Force, you you know why I picked them. You want to know what's the difference in this game? It's one word. Okay. Discipline. Discipline. Okay. All Washington State does is commit penalties, turn the ball over, and they just like they play with just like reckless abandon. They play like they can restart the Xbox at any time. <laughs> Yeah, that's just and you, that's my philosophy. That's what I'm saying. And then you have this military academy school and Air Force button up. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They're not going to make a lot of penalties. They're not going to turn the ball over. That is a recipe for a blowout. And I have Air Force covering and covering by a lot. Uh, you know, the million dollar question in this game is can Anthony Gordon take care of the ball? Because he'll throw for no. 600 yards, nope, nope, but he also nope. might throw for six interceptions. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. No, he's not going to take care of the ball. When is he ever taking care of the ball? Uh, he's going to throw the ball like like 50 times, but he's, he's going to also throw at least two interceptions, I think. Guys, in case y'all are wondering the difference, so Air Force doesn't run as true of a triple option as Army and Navy, but they still run kind of like a spread variation of it. Their quarterback has 99 passing attempts. Aaron Gordon has 647. <laughs> Not great. So that's 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 insane. Uh, I've never seen you know a quarterback, what? and this is I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably about to out myself again. This is like this is like third time on this one episode. I've never seen a quarterback throw so much. I mean, 647 attempts. Do you know what's crazy though? What's that? They don't have a thousand yard receiver. Yeah, he's like passing it around. It doesn't make sense. But, like, dog, you threw it 647 times and not one person got to 1,000. You didn't have, like, a favorite receiver or anything. There's two people in the 900s, but still. He just doesn't have is, friends. He has to pass it around to everybody. He's really good at sharing. Yeah, apparently. But, you know, a big X factor for me, I have a player and just a philosophy, a matchup. I think Air Force's offense, you know – is too good for for Washington State to stop. Washington State is giving up over 30 points per game and over 450 yards per game. And Air Force is going to be able to run the ball on them. Air Force likes to run the ball. I think they're going to be able to control the time of possession. If you watched the Army-Navy game and saw Army's like 10-minute drive, that is going to be the cheesy bowl. This is going to be the quickest bowl game of all time. Can't wait. Because they, all they're going to do is keep the ball away from Washington State and – not let Aaron Gordon just throw all over the field. And then you got Donald Hammond the third, the quarterback for Air Force. 
I think this kid is a stud. I mean, he has 1,300 yards passing, 13 touchdowns. He has 500 yards rushing and 11 more touchdowns. I mean, I'm taking the military academy that's buttoned up, does not make penalties against a Washington State team that plays like they can unplug the Xbox at any second. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, so that's the end of our pick six segment for today. Or We only have five matchups, but that's because we are getting into some bigger matchups uh, yeah, as we continue these preview episodes. Um, so right now we're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, our next segment is going to be first team all decade. Uh, today, you know, yesterday we covered uh, defensive tackles and running backs. Today we're going to cover wide receivers and safeties. Uh, and something that we've decided oh, to do now, we're going to pick two for each position, each one of us are, and because, I mean, play with one wide receiver on the field or one safety on the field, so why should we only pick one? Hmm. Fair enough, bro. You want to start off the wide receiver? Yes. Uh, my first wide receiver that I went with was from Oklahoma State. I've got Justin Blackman. And if anybody remembers seeing Justin Blackman play, you know how much of a stud this guy really was in college. Uh, he got into the NFL, got into a little bit of trouble, and so I don't even know if he made a start in the NFL. Uh, I think he made like two or three, but I think because he got he got drafted by the Browns, right? And like failed a bunch of drug tests and all kind of stuff like that, and never got another chance, man. Right. Um, yeah. So that that's my first pick. I don't really think this one's debatable. I think he has to be in there. Yeah, he's my number two. So I'll just go ahead and say that he was my number two wide receiver I picked today. Uh, over 3,500 yards, 40 touchdowns. He played three years. His first year, he was not a starter. His last two years, he went over 1,500 yards both years. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. I mean, he led – y'all, in case you guys really didn't watch a lot of football back in the day, Oklahoma State was a powerhouse, son. I'm talking about back in the Justin Blackman, Des Bryant years, that team was something serious. Yeah, something special, too. It wasn't like – I don't know. There, there was just something about them. They were incredible. Yeah, so my number one wide receiver, since I kind of gave away my number two because Brent, me and Brandon picked similarly, I have Corey Davis Corey from Davis, Western Michigan. Um, yeah, he had 5,200 yards receiving and 52 touchdowns and went over 1,000 yards for three straight years. Yeah, I listen. We Zach and I didn't talk before this. We somehow had the same two wide receivers. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I can give my number three. Just kind of switch things up a little bit. Talk about more than more than two <laughs> wide receivers. Go ahead. Um, ah, this is tough now because I didn't like make a full list um, because we didn't even decide to do two wide receivers or two safeties until right before the show. Um, so I'm just gonna think real quick. Uh, keep talking about Corey Davis, dog, uh, because I got you got because uh, I I believe he uh, he won the Bolitnikoff his last year. He was a top ten pick for the Titans. Um, I believe he is the all time leading reception and yards uh, receiver in col in college in NCAA history. So uh, I I honestly would put him on my all century team right now for the best wide receiver in since 2000. And he did all of this uh, at Central Michigan or Western Michigan. Western right? Michigan. Western Michigan. So that that in and of itself, to me, he had almost a thousand yards his freshman season too. That's the crazy thing. 
Yeah, guys, that is insane. And, you know, we won't put this on our social media for a vote since we have the same two, but we kind of outruled y'all on this one. Um, yeah, these, these two were just – that's that's what it is. Uh, I guess my third place – It's I don't know, it's tough. And this is probably going to be debatable. This one doesn't even matter, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, fantastic. Fantastic in college. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. I, I probably would. I probably would have went with Amari Cooper over him. Amari Cooper, Julio Jones played in 2010. No, yeah, uh, no, that was his senior year though, man. He that, his senior year was his worst year, so I don't think I don't that, know. that's going to count. Or junior. Year. Um, so I'll start out safety. Uh, Go ahead. My first uh, safety that I'm picking for the All Decade team is Mika Fitzpatrick. I hate. Um, I hate today because all right. I also had Mika Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we should start talking to each other before this. I had Mika Fitzpatrick. I, I, hate I don't think we should start. Uh, I guys, I, I'm sorry if if this is repetitive, but like, I I, I like that we're authentic with this because this is a true blue bloods first team all decade team because we are actually picking who we think. Um, yeah, I got Mika Fitzpatrick. I don't know about you. I watched this kid play a lot. Be, being you know from the south, watching a lot of Alabama SEC games. Um, this kid was always a stud he had nine interceptions four of them returned for touchdowns he was he, he was the leading tackler I believe his last year at Alabama ended up being the top 10 pick for the Dolphins uh now he plays for the Steelers he's really good uh I think this is one of Nick Saban's greatest recruits right here yeah uh, I agree with you uh I think that choosing uh, Minka Fitzpatrick overall in the draft for uh, the Dolphins originally. Uh, he got traded to the Steelers. Anyway, in college, he was incredible. It, it made me sick to watch him in college uh, as an LSU fan, but I can't deny greatness when I see it. Um, and so that's that's why I, I had him. Um, so with my second pick uh, for my safeties, I had one that I, I don't know if everyone's going to agree with me. I kind of chose him and. It was secondary. He wasn't my first pick um, because he didn't finish out his college career. Uh, <laughs> but when he did play, oh, let me tell you. Oh, Jesus Christ. When he did play, uh, very good safety. I've got the honey badger himself. I've got Tyran <laughs> Matthew, dog. Oh, I do too. No, chill out. Stop. <laughs> Do bro, I'll send you the picture. <laughs> oh, this is gross. Jesus Christ. All right, bro. let's talk about it. He had two he had two seasons. He played his freshman and sophomore season, and that's what was so impressive to me. Um I, I mean I mean he had ninety-three solo tackles over two years. His sophomore season what was was what was so impressive, but his freshman season, undeniably. Dude, okay. Uh Mika Fitzpatrick played for three years. Tyron Matthew played for two. Tyron Matthew almost has as many tackles. Is half a tackle back from Mika Fitzpatrick and tackles for loss. Had more sacks. Dude, he over was a half- safety. He was a safety and he had six sacks. Yeah. What? Insane. And he had two fumble return for a touchdown. And that's not even talking about his ability on special team. Oh. No. I mean, he was a punt return too. That's insane. Yeah. Dude, disrespectful is to keep him off this list. I, 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 I We want you all to vote on the tough ones, but – when it's shoe-ins like this, man, it's hard to debate because all four of these players deserve to be on this all-decade team, and all four are going to be legends of college football. And well, one day you can go see them in Atlanta in the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, 
So I guess uh, that was quick. I, yes, I mean the past two days have been pretty lengthy, uh, pretty lengthy segments because we didn't agree like at all. Um, so yeah, at least we agreed. But it's 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 okay, guys. We got a treat for y'all. Next segment, we are going to give you guys a rundown of what happened for early signing day so far. I hate it today. Today was the worst day of my life. Do you just want to start out with LSU, man? We can start with LSU. Let me start by saying this. So, like a good LSU fan, I frequent Tiger droppings, right? It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, So, I was on Tiger droppings this afternoon after I watched LSU's commits flip all day, which happens. I mean, that's going to happen. It's Today, this is the first time – that that LSU or that any team in the country can actually sign players, so they can't sign the letter of intent until like this point uh, this point in their careers. So they start signing the letter of intent, um, and people flip. It happens. I, I I told Zach earlier I don't get mad when people flip to go to schools to places where they're from. I mean, so that happened plenty of times um, today for LSU. I mean, I woke up at at uh, eight thirty this morning to like. 10 texts from people that I know that were just, it was just like screenshots of updates that they got um, that who even was it? It was a, uh, so Malcolm, we had first Malcolm green. Yeah. The first one for, he was a four star safety who flipped from LSU to go to Clemson. He didn't yep. home to Clemson. He's from Virginia, but whatever. So that one, I was already mad from the jump, right? Well, it yep. just keeps happening all day. Um, so LSU moved down from the number, I think, I think ESPN had them at four. I think 247 had them at three to start out the day. They're number five on both of them right now. Um, and not only that, and this, this is a little bit off topic, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and let me tell you this real quick. If you listen to this podcast, you deserve to know. The world really deserves to know. But uh, Zach and I broke some news today. We were the first outlet to write an article about Clyde Edwards-Alaire's uh, hamstring injury. Uh, and then, then Sports Illustrated took it and ran with it. So, are, are, do we have to wage war on Sports Illustrated? I think we do. I say so. I say so. I mean, we're out for their heads now. Uh, if you hear that and you work or you know someone who works for Sports Illustrated, just know you're done for. You're canceled in my book. Um, I even, whenever I tweeted it out, whenever I wrote the article, I said, I said, please credit. I didn't even say you must credit. I said, please credit the Blue Bloods, and they didn't. So. I'm up. I'm upset today, and that's that's the end so of now, my so, so now we throw in hands, dude. I'm telling you, we're coming for throats. You know, earlier this season, throughout the season, I've been making a point to not, um, uh, to not burn bridges. I'm over that. I'm coming for throats. Um, this is listen. This is man sport, baby. Um, but all in all, LSU had a good uh, early signing day. I think today was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they had the most insane day. Um, you know, they had the, – so, yeah, they had the Rakeem Garrett, Jarrett thing, the Jermaine Burton flipping to Georgia. Whatever, that's whatever. He's from Atlanta. All, all, that. Yeah, but Rakeem Jarrett was a big one. I'm sorry. That that was a huge one. That's not one you get over in a day. No. Um, but you – I see that tweet, too. I'm back, I'm back on the rant. I'm sorry. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett – we need to talk. I get it. You, you want to stay home. You're from D.C. You committed to Maryland. You're a five-star wide receiver. Whatever. Um, but, but the tweet, the tweet that you deleted, why did you delete that tweet? At least, at least stand up to it. Uh, 
I don't know. Maybe coach told you to delete it. I don't know. Um, so let me go back through my DMs real quick because I sent to Zach the other day, and today I sent him probably a million DMs. Okay. For King Jarrett, <laughs> someone mentioned um, that he would have already signed by now. This was like two days ago. So they don't know what they're talking about. They said he would have already signed by now um, if, they, if he was going to LSU 100%. And then he replies to that by saying, nah, actually my school doesn't allow me to sign early. It's not really my decision. <laughs> I knew something was up. And everyone's like, nah, it's okay. He's gonna, his school doesn't let him. It'd be positive. And you know me, never positive. I knew something was up. So he signed with Maryland today. <laughs> so just to make my day a little bit better, that happened. Um, but all in all, I mean, people are freaking out about LSU and Coach O. And this isn't an LSU segment. This is just me. I had to say something to somebody. So um, LSU had a great recruiting class. They're going to continue to have a great recruiting class. Next year's going to be great. And here's the thing. This is their first amazing – this is like their first great season in 10 years. And I don't know if you forgot, but the recruiting class, the year of your great season, isn't the one that's really affected. It's the one after. So just wait for next season. Wait for the next recruiting class. Facts. That's the actual Um, But, I mean, to be fair, they landed Phillip Webb, awesome. top 50 recruit. Awesome. And then awesome. they landed Marcus Dumerville, an offense of huge offensive tackle, top 100 recruit. Probably, then asleep, probably my my second favorite sign of the day. No doubt. And then they landed Eric Taylor, who is an underrated recruit, still top 300 defensive tackle, I think has a future being a big power five starter. And LSU still has a top five recruiting class, guys. Take a deep breath. It will be okay. Do what you need to um, do. Yeah, but, you know, in case you guys need some notable signings, uh, E.J. Smith, um, who is Emmett Smith's son, signed to Stanford today. <laughs> and class move by Emmett Smith today, by the way. Yes, facts. Um, yeah, he said that he does not want any notoriety. This is his son's journey, not his. So exactly. leave Emmett out of this. Thank you. Love it. Um, Another notable Justin, signing. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. I was going to say Justin Flo committed to Oregon. Of number course. four overall recruit, number one uh, inside linebacker. And then and this is just – oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, man. Um, blew my mind. I knew it blew Zach's mind. Jordan Birch, the news of the day, has all everybody on the table. He has Clemson on the table. He has LSU on the table. I mean, you want to name a school. He has Georgia on the table. Uh, you want to name a school – a great school. He's got them on the table. He's from Columbus, South Carolina. And what does he do? He stays home. Uh, Columbia, sorry. Columbia, South Carolina. He stays home, and he goes to the University of South Carolina. He does not, though. I, I, I was ready to break this on the podcast. Uh-oh. What is going Jordan, on? Jo- Jordan Birch has yet to send in his letter of intent. I and it that, is actually. 9-39. And – Everyone is saying that this recruitment is not over, that he might he may wait till February to sign. Ooh. Oh, no. That does not bode well for South Carolina at all. Oh, that makes me really nervous because all day I've been like, you know what? If he doesn't come to LSU, at least he didn't go to Clemson. At least he didn't go to Georgia. At least he didn't go to whatever else, whatever other school. Uh-oh. Not great. Not good Yeah, so you guys keep an eye on this because this kid – is still out there, still available. 
So that should be, have been the biggest red flag, right? The fact that yeah. he, I mean, who goes and like, I mean, this is being televised. His, his, uh, sign or not signing, I guess his commitment was being televised by ESPN today. They go yep. to his school, they film it. He commits to South Carolina and everyone else who commits today on TV has the paper and pen in front of them and they sign immediately. Not this guy. I knew, I knew something was going on. I didn't realize if 247 just didn't update or what because he hasn't been listed as signed yet. And so I guess thanks yep. that, Zach. Appar- yeah, apparently like his crystal balls are going crazy on 247 because no one knows what's going on. <laughs> it's really funny. It's actually yeah, really so funny. It, it, if you give Clemson a whole nother two months to recruit this kid, I don't see a way he was. <laughs> this, really, this is hilarious because, oh, their lead expert right now is saying he's going to LSU. Wow. Yep. So right now, the, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this more. I don't know what to say. Um, I mean, the number five recruit in the country right now, uh, number one in South Carolina, number two uh, defensive end. Wow. 36%. He committed to South Carolina today, and Crystal Ball still has him at 36 to, to South Carolina. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Crystal ball is something that I usually don't put a whole lot of weight in because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a prediction. You know, they don't know, but uh, to, to have to have been committed to a school and you only have 36% on the crystal ball, something's going on. Someone knows something and it's, he hasn't signed yet. That's crazy. Yeah. So we kind of broke the fourth wall here. It is it is nine forty p.m. on uh, on Wednesday as we speak. This episode doesn't come out till Friday, um, but this is why we want to talk about the early signing period. It's the first time we. Yep. And so we're also going to talk about USC's class because holy hell, what is happening here? Uh, they they disappeared. They are last in the Pac-12. <laughs> Zach. And I'll tell you why. You want to know why? We alluded to it earlier. They kept Clay Helton. No, I mean, every recruit that that had already verbally committed kind of thought, okay, well, they've been hearing the news, just like we've been hearing the news. And they were like, yeah, Urban Meyer's going to be there. I want to play for Urban Meyer. And so that's why they don't have a single five-star. They only have one four-star who signed today. Not even today. Yeah. Yeah, signed today. Their highest rated player is as 350th overall. And four of the players they have aren't even ranked. Dude, it's bad. This is – if so you are – and you know what's really bad? And I think this is worse than anything, worse than just re-signing Clay Helton. The fact that when they did uh, decide to keep Clay Helton around, they only said he's around for another year. They said he's going to be our head coach next year. They didn't say he's going to be our head coach. The AD didn't say that. He said he's going to be our head coach next year. Mm-hmm. And so, guys, they have 11 commits, right? Bad. Six, six are offensive linemen, oh. and one's a kicker. <laughs> That's so awesome. they have five other positions, and I think two, two others are defensive tackles. So they have no help for Keaton Slovis coming in. They have two players that are ranked within the top 25 of their, of their uh, respective positions. One of them is a guard. The other one is the kicker. That's, yep. Oh, dude, what, what, 
They, this was a bad, bad move. I don't know how you could have played this any worse. They had the 78th ranked recruiting class nationally right now. They and were last in the Pac-12, bro. Year, 20th, and they were third in the Pac-12 last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're looking forward because 247 gives you a little bit of a, like a prediction for the next year. And they're predicted to average a .9372 average rating um, for the next season. I don't know if they're thinking <laughs> Urban Meyer is going to be there next season or something. Uh, this is – they couldn't have played this worse, though. This is Mm-mm. bad. Yeah, guys. And they're in the running for a few elite recruits, but it's looking like – and I don't think they're a favorite for any of them. Right. Um, so this class could be – historically bad it's definitely not going to be good um but there is a pac-12 team that won today though i, I would say oh and yeah it is uh arizona state Somehow. not what you were thinking who they flip that <laughs> oh man that they, they, they like had a lot of people i mean they flipped I, that, I wanted uh, to that f- kid from from oregon though yeah that- they did uh yeah I was just focusing on they got Chad Johnson's son. Yes. Did you see what Chad – you see what he put on Twitter today? I did not. He asked if he was allowed to come out and run routes with him this summer and, like, teach them. Like, like basically be a coach. He's like, can I do that or is that a, uh, is that a violation? <laughs> if he goes out there and coaches at, at Arizona State, it's over for everybody. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know what's crazy? That's not even the biggest wide receiver target they got today. Johnny Wilson, 6'6", 225, runs a sub 4 five forty. Right. This kid. This kid's insane. Fire. And they still have more commits coming in this early signing period because it was National Sign Day today. People can still sign up until Friday, I believe. Yeah, the early signing period is not over till the end of the week or the end of the uh, – Yeah. And yeah. so running back Daniel Nada and wide receiver Elijah Badger, both four stars – both top, I believe, 150 recruits are Arizona State's leading for those. They inked 13 players today. All of them will be early enrollees and will be there for bowl practices. Insane. I mean, talk about an advantage. Uh, talk about something that people really don't remember. I mean, I say people forget a lot. People actually forget this, that you can go out. Once you sign and once you're finished with your high school obligations, you're allowed to go to the school and start practicing like that's that Auburn, is one of the that Auburn is, had to play. That's like the one cool thing the NCAA allows. Yeah, Auburn had a player sign today, and he signed at the campus. That's that's I didn't see that, but I like that. And I mean, that's the last recruiting class. I'm biased, but we need to ESPN. We need a, ESPN. ESPN gave Auburn a shout out. This is not just me being biased. Brandon can vouch for this. I texted Zach Auburn, today, and I said, Zach. Auburn, what, what's happening? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you what, – what do I mean? Did, did you watch today? I, I had it up on my computer all day. Um, so I'll, to go, I'll go through it with y'all. Um, first thing, to start out the morning, four-star tight end, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Peg, uh, Peggies, or I don't know how exactly you say it. It's, it's called like Pegasus, Peaks, whatever. Out of Oxford, Mississippi – Auburn took him out of Ole Miss's backyard when this kid was projected to go to Alabama. Huge yeah. win for Auburn. Next, an hour later, one second, one second, landed. One Did you know Auburn listed his him as an athlete? Yeah, because they're they're trying to play him at like 
uh, as like a big slot receiver. That's the same thing that LSU did for Eric Gilbert today. Yep. That's going to be interesting. Yep. Uh, Cause we had uh, Auburn had a guy. Um, he was a transfer from Arizona state who also had about the same size as this kid. And they played him at slot receiver as like right. a big red zone target. Um, Cause if you watch Auburn, they don't really have a true tight end. Um, hey, shout out to Auburn but, real quick though, because they signed Eric Reed today, and Eric Reed Hall. I was going to get there. Back. Yeah. So that that was you messed up my whole flow, man. I was going in order of to go give ahead, people sorry, the flow sorry, of the day. You fault. jumped all the way to the end. <laughs> God. So but an hour he gets, after he gets a fun name. Yeah, no doubt, and you know, an hour after you know the tight end commits, Auburn lands a four-star linebacker out of Georgia, Desmond Tisdall. A just a straight up athlete, top a hundred or top a two hundred recruit, huge win. Now come the flips that Brandon alluded to. Let's go. First, twelve p.m. They flipped Romello Height, who was a committed to Miami. So let me just lay out what happened. I talked to Brandon about this. He was shook about it. Uh, he thought LSU had it bad. So <laughs> Romello Height had an in-home visit with Gus Malzahn last week, and then. Manny Diaz from Miami also visited him like a day later. He posts a picture that he is 100% committed in shutting down his recruitment. <laughs> well, late this weekend, early this week, Romello Height took a secret visit to Auburn. Apparently, the terms were Auburn could not announce he was there. Everyone kept it under wraps. He told the team, Malzahn to everyone, that he commi- silently committed this weekend and signed with Auburn today and didn't tell Miami. Oh, that's cold. Brent, dude, you thought Rakeem, uh, uh, Rakeem uh, Jarrett's tweet was bad? Yesterday, Romello Height asked Miami supporters, football fans, to get him to 4,000 uh, Twitter <laughs> followers. And then came out and committed to Auburn today after he knew he was committed to Auburn. Oh, there were some pissed off Miami fans today, son. <laughs> and that's not even the worst part. Miami had another commit flipped to Nebraska right after this. Yeah. Oh, um, and then, as Brandon said, to end off the day, Auburn flipped Eric Reed, who was a Georgia commit. Made me uh, top 100 recruit. I mean, defensive back, huge win for Auburn. They're losing a lot of defensive – losing both safeties – Eric Reed has a chance to come in and start immediately. And this is the biggest thing. Every single commit that Auburn had coming into the day and that they landed today all have got their letter of intent in, and over half of them are early early enrollees. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've still got those two uh, kids with the hard commits. Um, yep. And Jay Hardy and, one of them, and Jonathan Buskey. Yep, and Jonathan Buskey's a junior college offensive tackle who had academic issues, which is the only reason he could not sign today. Uh-oh. Hey, if you've seen Last Chance U, you know that's like, that's like prevalent. So, Yeah, very, very prevalent. But yeah, we just wanted to highlight some of these early – man, early signing uh, – signing day delivered today, man. There was I'm some crazy, you. crazy stuff. Right. Insane. Yeah, I mean, that, that's for sure. Um, I feel like there's more that we're missing out on, but uh, – I, I I can't I can't think of it right now. Um, Clemson, <sighs> gross. Everything about them is gross. Uh, six, they landed some big time six five star recruits. Are you kidding me? All I mean, 
Yeah, they're all signed. All all six of their five star recruits are signed right now. That's insane. Yeah. They have no one that's committed to them that has not signed. That's Dog, gross. why would you wait? That's that's the grossest thing I've ever seen. Because I mean, and, if you want to flip, but apparently, just no one wants to flip away from Clemson. Why would you flip? I don't know. I'm just talk. Why would you not want to be in Clemson right now? I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't. I mean, I would. Have you ever? I mean, I I didn't go anywhere. Well, I went somewhere. I didn't play football anywhere. Um, I mean, because all the Bama's big time uh, commits also signed. Bryce Young, they fought off some West Coast schools for him. Chris Braswell, <laughs> they fought off. Bryce you know, Young was funny. I mean, I mean, Bryce Young was he, funny. Yeah. Because yeah. he wore, I don't know if y'all saw, he wore a lay today. He's not Hawaiian. Yep. He wore a lay. So that's that's kind of cool. Yep. And then a biggest thing for Alabama, they flipped the uh, 43rd best player in the country, Jace McClellan, a yes. running back that was the top recruit for Oklahoma. Alabama flipped him late this afternoon. You know what's funny about that is that he's been recruited to Oklahoma since 2017. Yep. <laughs> like – consistently like never once decommitted been committed for over two years and flipped today i mean i don't like alabama i'm not the biggest alabama fan of the world by any means um but that's funny that's really funny oh yeah and um i know i think i addressed this on the podcast during the season uh chip kelly did his thing today too yeah. Um, he brought UCLA up all the way up to 28th in the country, fourth in the Pac-12. Okay. If we're going to talk about about teams that we did not see entering the top, whatever ranks, Georgia Tech has the 24th ranked yep. class right now. I don't know how. They're pulling an Ole Miss. Remember when Ole Miss would have like a top 10 recruiting class consistently and then still be not great? Yep. And then we found oh. out why. Guys, when I'm telling you, Miles Brooks, that committed to uh, Georgia Tech, 6'2", cornerback out of Trinity Christian uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, the kid is going to be a stud. He's the truth. And they got them, and they finally got their dual threat quarterback in Jeff Sims, a 6'3", 205 quarterback, true dual threat. A four-star that's almost a five-star. I mean, he's a – his composite is like a .9186. That's insane. Yep. And shout out to Tennessee somehow finishing in the top 15 right now. That's gross. That's really gross. Insane. I mean, they landed some big time people, man. They're taking out a, they took a bunch of players out of Georgia. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, f- f- I mean, so Jeremy Pruitt's out there doing the Alabama way. He's doing his best Kirby Smart impression, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's, oh, God. All right, so that's going to wrap up um, our early signing day uh, period update, I guess. Uh, once again, I mean, this is going to continue on until Friday, so we may talk about it again at a later date. Um, uh, and then we'll get back to it, I'm sure. I mean, it's just going to be here on out. It's going to be kind of consistent. Um, January 2nd is the Under Armour All-American game. I'm, well, we've got a couple people holding out to uh, – to announce their commitment then, uh, and then I'm sure they'll sign their whatever tent on February 5th or somewhere around then, because February 5th is technically National Signing Day. Uh, this was just the early signing period. So if, you know, if your team didn't sign everybody they needed to, maybe worry a little bit, but don't worry too much, because 
so a lot of a lot of kids do like to wait until that uh national signing day so oh yeah uh, fat facts so um, i mean and a ton of people like to there. wait yeah like zachary evans is still out there that that yep. i think he's the top running back in the nation uh, out of yeah, houston yeah so he's he's and, choosing between uh, lsu and texas a&m on january 2nd so everyone he, he uh, knocked bama and georgia out I think they're technically still in there, but he's choosing between LSU and Texas A&M. Gotcha. I was, I was like, what? Yeah, no. I mean, he was committed to Georgia and decommitted. Uh, it's like it's been a whole thing. Gotcha. I mean, and then I mean that not even him. You still have Keely uh, Ringo, uh, number eight player in the country. You still have Darnell Washington, uh, number ten player in the country. Uh, Zachary Evans, fourteen player in the country. I mean, there's still some big recruits out there, guys. And yeah. Some of these recruited classes that we highlighted today that were really, really good, like Alabama, LSU, they have a chance to get even better. Clemson, same thing. So watch out for these uh, upcoming recruits. And those players were also mentioned in the article that we released on our blog about the top uncommitted prospects. So go check that out if you uh, are wondering where you know we think they're going to go because at this point we'll, – it, it could be anywhere because Zachary Evans is just a wild card. I don't know if you haven't been following. Uh, <laughs> Go his watch his huddle. Go watch his huddle. It's yeah, never seen anything like it. I mean, to be fair, uh, so we released the top uncommitted prospects. Uh, so we can highlight this now since this is over. Yeah, Justin Flo, we correctly predicted he would go to Oregon. Oh yeah. Um, Jordan Birch, we did not have South Carolina, but it is not over. Uh, according until he sends in his letter of uh, college letter of intent, we do not know. Uh, Philip Webb, we had LSU. That um, that did happen. So one thing, I mean, one thing I will say real quick though, um, this is going back to Jordan Birch. He has a teammate that went to the same high school that also didn't sign his letter of intent. He's also he's also by the way he's also committed to South Carolina, but neither one of them signed a letter of intent today. So watch out for that. I don't know if that's like a I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So just watch out for that. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, a lot of the players on our top uncommitted recruits uh, still have not committed. They uh, are all some of the players holding out. So the ones we highlighted are right now are the ones that committed. Everyone. So only two players that we covered actually sent in their letters of intent. Yeah, that's right. So you guys go check it out because that is uh, a thing in progress for right now. We're one for one because <laughs> or no two for two. So your boy is batting a thousand right now, and I am on my high horse. Pretty good. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and wrap that segment up, and let's move into our last segment of the day. We have our Blue Bloods All American roster for this season. We know everybody else is doing it. We wanted to get in on the action, and so today we are going to choose our quarterback and defensive end. I don't think this should be a very long segment at all. I think this is – well, it might not be unanimous because I thought that a lot of our uh, all-decade team would be <laughs> unanimous. And so. Oh, my God, bro. Dude, it, it shocks me sometimes. But um, I'm going to take Bo Nix as my – I'm just – Nah, bro. Um, I, I'm taking uh, Mr. Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow's got to be the quarterback, right? Uh uh, agreed. I I don't think there's a debate, and I'm putting uh um if I have to pick a second team, I am. Um, oh, God, it's it's so tough. I'll say mine. Like, I'll say mine. I want Justin Fields on mine. 
That's I do. I too. know that Jalen Hurts is good, but Justin Fields, come on. Justin Fields plays so much better all year. I'm sorry. I mean, ru- rushing and passing, especially passing. That's something that Jalen Hurts just wasn't very consistent at at all. So that's why I've got Justin Fields there. Um, defensive end, oh my God. I mean, Chase Young, right? Chase Young. I mean, yeah. literally best defensive lineman I have seen since the Dama Kinsu. Yeah. Or or Javion Clowney, uh, either one. Yeah, so like I said, not a very long segment. We've got these players unanimous. Hopefully, as we keep as we continue uh, forward with this, we will probably go into deeper discussion, uh, maybe even like an argument, whatever. But as for right now, I think it was pretty unanimous who the best quarterback and who the best uh, defensive end of the country were. So, yeah. So um, just to highlight. You guys be looking for polls when we disagree on our Blue Bloods All Decade team. Y'all go vote. Right now, we haven't posted. Uh, as this episode's released, it'll be. But when this episode comes out, we'll have the final results. But right now, Cam Newton is beating Joe Burrow on both Instagram and Facebook. Ah, oh, he took over on Facebook. That's stupid. He did. He did. Um, you know, uh, I, I can't say I'm not. I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, everyone's everyone who commented and gave us their opinion all said that if you took Joe Burrow, like I said, and put him on another team, and same with Cam Newton, Cam Newton would take that team further. Uh, okay, well, whatever. I'm just saying, Brandon. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm not gonna get heated right now, um, but you know how I feel. So. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by Zach's Crazy Takes. Uh, keep listening. Keep subscribing. Keep uh, <laughs> keep. Uh, I mean, just keep us. Word of mouth's important. So tell your friends. Do whatever you need to do. Um, leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Do whatever you need. I mean, just do all that sort of stuff. Uh, we'll read it on the show. Uh, we'd love to hear feedback from you guys. Today was one of our craziest days because, like I said, we broke that news about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And our vlog had more clicks than ever, ever before. And we love to see it. I mean, and, and of course, some of those were like people shared the article. And so a ton of people saw them from different places. But Facebook and Twitter, if you would have taken those two into account alone, we had more views on that article than any other article that we've posted. So uh, shout out to you guys. I know it wasn't all of you guys, but you know, shout out to the ones that did read it. Share the blog. Um, we're trying to get pretty big on there. You know, today, like I said, was kind of a taste of like, of what it's like to actually have our opinion, have our voice out there and be heard. Uh, and it was pretty good. So other than talking to you guys, the blog's a great way to communicate with our listeners to our readers. Um, so we want to continue to be able to do that for all you, all of you. Um, so hit them with the Facebook and Instagram so they continue to vote on these polls. So that is on Instagram at the underscore blue bloods. Uh, we have our poll up on our Instagram story. So go vote on that. Um, tell it. I mean, well, I guess you don't have to today. We had everything uh, that was unanimous between the two of us for once. Uh, so on Facebook, that is going to be the underscore blue bloods as well. Um, Twitter is not that Twitter is the underscore underscore blue bloods. Go ahead and give us a follow on there. We aren't doing too well with, uh, with our numbers there. That's the one social media platform that we're actually kind of struggling with. Uh, but we're trying to build our fan base up. Like I said, we broke that news today, broke it on our blog and we shared it on Twitter first. And that's where we got a majority of our, um, that's where we got a majority of our clicks. So, uh, thank you so much to everybody that has been listening, everyone that's been sharing, uh, and we are out. Thank you.